Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 14. Thus says Adonai, a voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children because they are no more. I have to tell you, it's been a really hard three weeks. <laughs> it's been a really hard three weeks. Uh, uh, very vulnerably and transparently. Whew. I don't know that there has been a day since that I haven't shed tears of grief and sadness. A traditional Jewish writer uh, from New York named Amy Klein wrote an article, and it had a title, and, and the, the content of the article was valid as well. But the title of the article was this, We Jews Are Not Okay. And I really resonated with that when I read it. You know, I've been asked a lot these last few weeks, are you okay? That's a pretty common question. You okay? And my honest answer is no. And... The reason is twofold, really. First, the October 7th slaughter itself, of course, that you're all very well aware of. And that certainly is a reason not to be okay. As the days have gone by, more pictures, more videos and more stories have come in. And honestly, I don't really want to keep reading and watching. I don't want to. But I feel compelled that I must. The utter evil released that day 
is something that we haven't seen really in the world, but certainly in the Jewish community since the Holocaust. That's saying something. And these hostages, yeah, I have no words. The second reason why we are not okay is some of the response that we've seen. (laughs) Unlike September 11th, when the country was united and the world came together, now there's a profound media bias against Israel. So much misinformation. Let's call it what it is. It's propaganda. Social media has been disturbing. And to see mass protests for the terrorists and against Israel is is unreal in this country, even. To think that somebody could support what happened and then blame the victims. And we see this much on many college campuses where Jews are intimidated and oftentimes afraid. Echoes, echoes, echoes of an era that I have heard about and read about. This said, we have to be sure to understand that to be pro-Israel, it does not mean to be anti-Arab. These are our cousins. And we sincerely, sincerely mourn the loss of innocent women and children in Gaza also brought about due to the terrorists putting them in harm's way. And this also doesn't mean that Israel is above criticism. I have my share. (laughs) But what happened is a whole nother level. All that having been said, there are rays of hope. The vast majority of our political leaders in the United States on both sides of the aisle have overall been supportive of Israel. Now I will say, as I've predicted, you can watch my, you can watch YouTube videos from weeks ago. It does seem like we're seeing some degradation of that support over the last few days. (laughs) 
and it will degrade more. But overall, this has been encouraging. It's interesting. I was, uh, when I wrote this message, which was obviously, obviously finished before today, I was talking about how as rays of hope it was that some people, some political leaders were standing with us. Uh, and then, of course, then there's today's United Nations vote. <laughs> today's United Nations vote uh, in the General Assembly, which, uh, which was calling for a ceasefire, uh, which is interesting because I don't know. We'll have to go back to the records. I don't remember a few weeks after September 11th, the United Nations voting for a ceasefire so that the United States would not attack Al-Qaeda. I don't remember that vote. Maybe, maybe I missed that day. I don't, I don't remember that vote against the United States after September the 11th. And of course, per capita, this is what, 25 times larger on a per capita basis in Israel, 25 times larger than September 11th in that country. I don't remember that vote. The vote today, there were f 45 cowardly abstentions. 120 for the motion and 14 stood with Israel. 14 out of almost 200 countries today. Um, I should say stood with Israel. That's not completely true. One of the 14 was Israel. <laughs> 13 stood with Israel. And that included some islands and some American uh, territories. So it's even less than that. I'm proud to say, I'm proud to say that the United States voted with Israel today. Thank God. The United States UN ambassador called it a very disturbing vote. The motion for ceasefire did not mention Hamas at all or at the atrocities, didn't even mention it. There was an amendment proposed to also condemn Hamas, it was, it was uh, defeated. <clears throat> I have to say that we've been reached out to by a precious few, and it's been heartwarming. Y'all, it's been heartwarming. We received we received some cards. They were, they were like coloring cards that some children had colored from St. David's Episcopal Church here in Roswell that simply said, I love you. That Star David said a Star David on it. I don't know the people at that church, but by God, I love that. We put them up in our children's classrooms. God, that's beautiful. It was so thoughtful and kind and appreciated. 
I've heard from some of my pastor friends. Pastor Matt at North Metro Church prayed for Israel. My friends, Pastor Dave McQueen, Pastor Preston Morrison, sent me messages of love and support. I wish there were more. True story. One of our members, this was relayed to me firsthand. One of our members was out in his front yard and was taken aside by one of his neighbors. I want to talk to you. And after they talked for a while, the neighbor said to one of our members, here's the code to my garage. If you ever need it, come take refuge. And take my car if you need it too. My God, a Corey Ten Boom. Thank you. And thank you to our non-Jewish members of this congregation who are literally standing with us arm in arm. I believe that you touch the heart of God. What an important calling you have. Thank you. We've all been in mourning. We've all been reeling, honestly. Maybe you've been feeling this. And truly, my message today isn't just about this, and it's not just about the situation over there. Because perhaps you've been going through it in other areas of your life as well. I've, I've met with people this week and last couple of weeks and talked to people on the phone and exchanged messages with who are like, Rabbi, I've, all this has been going on and it's been weighing on me, but then I've had all this other stuff in my life that's been happening too and it's just overwhelming. And, and, and I understand, and maybe you've got things going on in your life uh, that are different, just things in your own personal lives. I know you may think, well, it's not nearly at the level of what's going on in Israel, but, but that's okay. God cares about that. Per, perchance you've been hurting in other areas of your life. Maybe you're visiting with us here and, and this whole conflict in Israel has not been personal to you as much, or maybe you're watching online and four years from now or three years from now and it's they stay on YouTube, you understand. And uh, and maybe you the conflict is well in the rearview mirror at this point. On the podcast, maybe. But you're struggling in other areas of your life. Perhaps you've suffered loss of some kind personally in your own life. Some kind of loss. Maybe maybe you're battling depression. 
You might look all fine on the outside, but inside you're hurting. Maybe you've not even expressed it to others. Maybe you're a young person here and, and you just kind of bottled it up inside. Maybe you're a senior here and you've bottled it up inside and there are feelings that you have about things in your life and you, and you don't even know what to do and you, you feel hurt. You feel like you have dashed dreams or, or, or maybe you have hurt feelings or disappointments in your life. Maybe there's an emptiness of sorts, frustration, anger, loss, for whatever reason in your own life. God speaks of the children of Israel through Yermiahu, through Jeremiah, and he sees them suffering, as we read in Jeremiah chapter 31. He sees them suffering. It's part of the prophecy. He says they wept bitterly. Have you ever wept like that before? It's something that's almost primal, so deep. He refers in Jeremiah 31, Rachel weeping for her children. Rachel, the, the wife of Jacob. This is in reference to the children of Israel. Remember that Jeremiah the prophet was used to predict the, the Jewish people's captivity into Babylon. It happened toward the end of his life. The, the famous Babylonian captivity when our, when our people were pulled into Babylon, modern-day Iraq. For 70 years, Rama. A voice is heard in Rama. Rachel weeping for her children. Wow. I feel that. I feel that right now. I feel that loss and that bitter weeping. The is inconsolable in many ways, it feels. But in these few verses, he's comforted by the Lord that the pain, although severe, was not to be permanent. Let's read it again now and a little bit more in context and hear what God says next. Jeremiah chapter 31, where God is prophesying about Israel. Listen very carefully to what God says, because I'm going to tell you, it's very deep and it has multiple levels. Let it bless you and minister to you today. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 14. Thus says Adonai, a voice is heard in Ramah which is this little town right outside Jerusalem. Lamentation and bitter weeping. 
Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children because they are no more. Thus says Adonai, restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears for your work will be rewarded. It is a declaration of Adonai. When they will return from the land of the enemy, so there is hope for your future. It is a declaration of Adonai. When your children will return to their own territory. Here, God was foretelling that although the Jewish people's pain was severe, it would end. And one day they'd be drawn back to their own land. And there would be a restoration. You know, prophecies can have multiple meanings, different applications, different depths. Some even apply at different times in different ways. And one of the direct interpretations of this prophecy is that of the Jewish people's return from the Babylonian captivity, right? Jeremiah has been talking and prophesying the fact that our people who had been disobedient to God and had turned our backs on the Lord would be taken captive into, into Babylon. There would be discipline for us and so this scripture talking about our people not being there even and the children being there no more, the children of Jacob, the children of Rachel, not in Ramah. Sure enough, they were taken away captive, but then they came back singing and rejoicing as they worked to rebuild Jerusalem. And there was indeed a future for them. That is clearly one of the fulfillments of this prophecy of Jeremiah directly and completely. But I also see in this a modern fulfillment in the state of Israel today. Surely what did God do? He took 2,000 years of tears, 2,000 years of mourning and turned it into joy. He wiped away the tears from our eyes and restored us to our ancestral homeland. Talk about indigenous. The land that he promised us. He promised us a hope. It's probably considered the longest uh, scholars have said that it is the longest celebrated rite in all of religion, in all religious history. What am I talking about? The Passover Seder, having Passover. We read about it in the book of Exodus. It is the longest celebrated rite in, in, in the world, in religious rite. The celebration of Passover, 
which is still done to this day. And for thousands and thousands of years, it always ends the same. Next year in Jerusalem. We see in this a hope, but we see in this also pain. Because for thousands of years, we were not in our homeland. And so it was painful. Even the hope had within it some pain. But then in May 14th, 1948, the land he promised us, he promised us a hope. Although we go through seasons of grief and difficulty, there is hope. There is hope. This also is a fulfillment of this prophecy that we read in Jeremiah chapter 31. Yes, as we weep bitterly for what we see happening to our people today, we mourn. We mourn understandably. But there is a hope. There is a hope. I mean, honestly, my gosh, could there have been any greater depth of suffering for our people than the Holocaust? And yet God did not let all perish. Even in that Shoah. And only a few years later established us back in our land. Do you see, even within the Holocaust and then the establishment of Israel, we see even within this a direct fulfillment of, of Jeremiah chapter 31. Directly in front of your eyes. The Bible from thousands of years ago, a prophecy literally coming to pass right in front of you. In some of your lifetimes. See, regardless of the tragedies that we have in our lives, we have a hope. Somebody say amen. Oh, I needed that. Thank you. <laughs> because friends, I'm going to tell you something. This also applies to your life. This isn't just some kind of a theological principle. This isn't just some kind of a geopolitical thing that has to do solely with the nation of Israel. I'm telling you the principle is one that applies to you personally in your life for whatever grief it is that you have gone through and will go through. Because I'm going to tell you, achim v'achayot, brothers and sisters, you're going to have grief in your life. You're going to have pain in your life. Sadly, Everybody does that lives and breathes on this planet. But when you have that pain in your life, we have to look towards what it says in Yermiyahu, Jeremiah chapter 31. When you have the dashed dreams, when you have the hurt feelings, when you have disappointment, Depression, 
emptiness, frustration, anger, loss. God knows. And he will wipe the tears away from your eyes. Why? Because there is hope for your future. Sometimes we have to hold on to this. Listen to me. Hold on to this. Quite beautifully and profoundly, just a few verses later, God also speaks of what will come in the future for the Jewish people, and he begins to reveal his plan. So with all of this pain, with all of this suffering, with all of this weeping, with all of this mourning, with the children, yet he gives us a hope for a future in what way? Jeremiah chapter 31 Verse 30, let's read. Verse 30, some versions of the scripture have it as verse 31. It says this, wow, listen to this, friends. Listen to this as it's connected to what we read earlier in Jeremiah chapter 31. It says, behold, days are coming. It is a declaration of Adonai when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant I made with their fathers, and the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them. A declaration of Adonai. But this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. A declaration of Adonai. I will put my Torah within them. Yes, I will write it on their heart. I will be their God. And they will be my people. Wow. As a side note, what? The new covenant is mentioned in the, in the traditional Hebrew scriptures? Yes. <laughs> yes, my, my traditional Jewish brother or sister who thinks that the new covenant is the Gentile Bible, it was prophesied for our people in the prophet Jeremiah, in every scripture, in every Hebrew Bible you'll read, it says it. God says, I will give you a new covenant. So follow me on this, y'all. This is pretty amazing stuff. So somehow related to this restoration of the Jewish people, God gives us a new covenant a new covenant. By the way, for numerous reasons, that's the right term for it as opposed to New Testament. But either way, we know what we're talking about. God says here that he will give us a new covenant. And we know that this new covenant is through who? The Messiah, Yeshua. Moshiach coming is how we get this new covenant. And yes, the fullness of this new covenant is not yet here when God says that all of our Jewish people will know him. 
But nonetheless, he foretells us that he will establish his, his, establish his law within us and not just externally, like the law of Moses, as good as it is. He will give us a new covenant, a Brit, Brit Chadashah, a new covenant. <laughs> this is amazing stuff. You can't make this up. The Bible's true, y'all. And then what do we see? And then what do we see? Friends, prophecies have multiple meanings. Fast forward to when Messiah is born. The famous story, the Magi see the star and they want to come worship the king of the Jews, as it said in the new covenant. King Herod at the time, wow, mighty king there, felt threatened and consulted the Jewish scholars who told him the Messiah was prophesied to be born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, The house of bread, Beth, like Beth-Hallel, it's a house of praise. And so once the Magi saw Yeshua, they did not return to tell King Herod, and King Herod was furious. And he felt threatened. Matthew chapter 2, please. Matthew 2. So King Herod felt threatened. And an angel came to Joseph, Joseph, who warned him. And he fled with Miriam and Yeshua. And it was just in time. Why? Yet another slaughter of our people was about to happen. Matthew chapter 2, verse 16. <laughs> but wow, see the meaning in this. Then when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became furious. And he sent and killed all boys in Bethlehem and, it's an, and in its surrounding area from two years old and under. Killed them. Killed them all. According to the time he had determined from the Magi, then was fulfilled what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet, saying, a voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and loud wailing. Rachel sobbing for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Wow. Surely this slaughter, yet another chapter in our people's suffering was caused for immeasurable pain and grief. No question. Understandably, But just like Jeremiah prophesied, he said right after, there is a hope for your future. And although our people suffered, 
although our people suffered, the Messiah of the world had come. The adversary tried everything he could do to stop him, but he could not. Because God had promised that he would wipe the tears from our eyes. Do you see? And sure enough, the Messiah came. The new covenant came. The hope and future came in the person of Yeshua. Wow. There's a song I recommend you add to your playlist at some point. It's an old Messianic Jewish song by the music group Lamb, the greatest Messianic music group ever. The song is called Rama from the Seer CD. So, beloved, I'm hurting, I'm in pain. I'm mourning, but I still know that God has given us a hope and a future. He's given us the Messiah. And through him, there is a plan. I don't always understand it but I trust in him. A few days ago, just a few days ago, one of the daughters of this congregation, a young woman who was born here, raised here, bat mitzvah here, Grew up, went through the Temple Teen program, went to school at the University of Georgia, came with me on a trip to Israel. Her life was changed just a few days ago. Gave birth to a beautiful baby boy in, in Israel where she moved where she made Aliyah and decided to plant her life in the land of Israel. She had been, she had volunteered and became an officer in the IDF, but was relieved of duty because she just gave birth. <laughs> in fact, her father is with us here today. Ani ma'amim. I believe, I believe, I believe. And I want to encourage you to believe too. In spite of your circumstances, whatever it is that you're going through that is so horrific and difficult and painful, and I don't minimize it at all, whatever it is that you're going through, believe 
believe, have hope in spite of whatever it is that you're going through. You have a hope and you have a future. The title of my message is Rama. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Am Yisrael Chai. People of Israel live. Because you said it. I want to ask if there's anybody here today who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. If you've never committed your life to God, how about today? If you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, but you'd like to raise your hand, we'll have a simple prayer if that's you. Never given your life to God, but you want to commit your life to God today. Raise your hand, we'll have a simple prayer. Perhaps you're watching online and have never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. I know we have so many viewers online now. Say this simple prayer and God will touch you. Say, Dear God, I humble myself before you. I ask Yeshua into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Forgive me my sins, God, I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, God. If you said that prayer for the first time, wow, it's the greatest decision you ever made. If you're watching online or listening on the podcast, I want you to send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. If you're here in the room, please see one of us after the service. We want to rejoice. Lord, I want to thank you. Lord, I want to thank you not just for giving a hope and a future to Eretz Yisrael and Am Yisrael, the land and the people of Israel. But Lord, I want to thank you for giving a hope and a future for all those who call upon your name. God, I thank you, God, for giving a hope and a future and a next to everybody in this room and watching online. God, it may not be a a terrorist attack, but maybe, God, maybe people are dealing with other things that are painful for them in their own lives in a completely different way. You know the heart of man and woman. You know what it is that we're dealing with. Even if we don't tell anybody else or fully express it, you know what's going on behind closed doors or when tears well up in our eyes, even when others don't see, you see. Lord, when these times come or when we're in these seasons like this, Lord, let us remember Jeremiah chapter 31 about the painful tears, so painful, Lord, that we weep bitterly and so painful, Lord, that we can't even really be comforted in that way, but yet, but yet you tell us I'll take away the tears. Why? Because I have for you a hope and a future. That's what you say. And then you go on to talk about the new covenant. And we know this comes through Moshiach, through Messiah. See, the hope and the future comes through you, Lord. Lord, help us. I ask your blessings and prayers and, and hand on each person here, Lord. They may look perfectly good on the outside. They may seem unaffected by anything by to those around them but yet you know what's going on on the inside Lord and maybe there's pain maybe there's feelings of rejection of disappointment of loss of hurt of anger of bitterness of of, of, of uh, discouragement 
of depression, of feelings of injustice, rejection. Lord, whatever it is that people are going through, Lord, that, that vexes their heart and brings, wells their eyes with tears. Lord, give them encouragement, Lord, that there is a hope in a future. There is hope. There is a future. But we have to just trust in you, Lord. Even when the circumstances don't look like it. Oh, could we have gotten any lower than 1945 and the 1940s during the Holocaust? It could be really no lower. And yet, there was a future. There was a future. Only a few years, years later, you brought, around, you brought about Israel, our homeland, fulfilling the prophecies of thousands of years. Unbelievable. God, similarly, many people have been going through different things in their lives that are difficult, painful, hard. And yet, Lord, there is a message for them and us. <laughs> Keep hoping. There is a future. <laughs> Thank you, God, for this. We love you with all of our hearts, Lord. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.